Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back, X at your service on a Monday night. My name is George Sells, in for the St. Louis Cardinals, who would normally be playing in this time slot and who hopefully are getting some rest because it appears they need it from what we've seen the last few days on the baseball field. Controversy is probably a word we're going to hear describing this next set of circumstances. It involves the COVID vaccine, and we're starting to see businesses make the decision to require employees to have a COVID vaccine to come to work. It was just announced today that the University of Illinois is doing this. Of course, we've heard in the last couple of weeks that both BJC and Washington University have made similar decisions. And here to talk about with us this evening, we've got Jackie Tischler. She's the chief people officer at BJC Healthcare and Dr. Clay Dunnigan, who is the chief medical officer there. Thank you both for joining us here on KMOX. Happy to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. Well, Jackie, let me start with you, because I think that the question in a lot of people's minds is going to be, is that legal? Can they do that? And can my boss do that wherever I work? That is a, that is a very fair question. Good question. And it is legal. Um, it's We looked at this very carefully and looked at all the facts around the safety and the efficacy and the legality of making the COVID-19 vaccine a condition of employment. And as we've been watching the laws and watching some of the recent decisions, particularly the one with Houston Methodist, um, the, the federal law seems to be that it is allowed. And in addition, we also had the federal EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, confirm that employers may legally mandate the vaccine for employees as long as we do what we've always done with flu, in the mandate for that, which is allow for medical exemptions and religious accommodations. Okay. And Dr. Dunnigan, uh, as chief medical officer, after what we've seen over the last year and a half, I would think people would be lining up for this. Do you, do you agree that the, the 
thing that you all have just gone through as medical professionals is incentive for most of your folks. Uh, yes, you, you would think so. Um, today, we've had about 75% of our workforce in affiliated clinicians who've been willing to get vaccinated, but there's still a lot of uh, apprehension on the part of, of some groups of employees uh, coming from a variety of sources. Um, we would love to have gotten there with a strictly volunteer policy, but it was clear there were going to be enough holdouts that we weren't going to be positioning ourselves for what may lie ahead. How important is this, particularly with another variant coming around now, with Missouri as of today being worst in the nation for new cases, how important is this that you find a way to convince the holdouts to get vaccinated? George, I I think it was important without the variant um, because we simply weren't going to get to a point where we could be confident we weren't putting our employees or our patients in harm's way. Um, And the vaccine is really the only way we have to be confident that we protect those groups as well as help uh, mitigate risk in the community. The Delta variant, which has popped up in southwest Missouri and which ravaged India, has just made it all that much more important. What they are experiencing in southwest Missouri and north uh, central Missouri is um, a new wave of infections that are typically causing infections in younger people. The Delta variant is more infectious and it appears to be more severe. So um, their, their hospitals are filling up looking much like they did back in the winter. In fact, uh, Steve Edwards, the CEO of Cox Health, says that this is worse than what Springfield experienced um, during the peak, the last peak that we all suffered through. That's awfully close for comfort, a few hours' drive. How concerned are you about that for hitting St. Louis? Um, I believe, yeah, I believe the Delta variants are already in St. Louis. I think it's just going to take a few weeks for it to really show its... um, its presence in full force, but uh, it's already been detected in the watershed uh, from the sampling that the State Department of Health has done, and every locale where the Delta variant's been um, identified, it quickly takes the lead in terms of number of infections caused. So I don't think it's a matter of if the variant will arrive, but it is when and how um, how difficult it will be to contain it. And Jackie. You've had about a week or so now since you guys made this announcement. Um, the folks working for you there, you're the chief, chief people officer, the human resources person. Uh, how much pushback are you getting right now? Or are, you, or is it, are people kind of resigned to they're just going to do it? So we, we definitely still have employees that are seeking to, to learn more, um, that are questioning the, the decision. Um, and we've also had employees that have reached out and said, thank you for doing this. And um, so we've, you know, it's, it's easy to get caught up in the noise of the, the folks who are not as happy with this decision and overlook the ones that have been very vocal about being appreciative that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe and their, their, um, their patients safe. But it, it hasn't been, um, we've had a little bit of reaction to it. Are you talking with other people in uh, your similar position in other uh, other medical chains, other medical groups? Have you been kind of comparing notes with others around the country? Are you seeing anything different from what they're seeing? 
the, the people who have done this um, before us are experiencing similar things. And then I know in, in talking to my peers across the country that this conversation about mandating the vaccine is on everybody's executive leadership team agenda as people are weighing the, the options and the timing of when they might want to make the same decision. Are you surprised at all? that the people who had a front row seat to the absolute worst of this, that anybody would resist getting a vaccination? Because it, it just, it, it baffles me to be frank about it. How could you not want to get a vaccination after being there on the front lines like that? Um, it's, you know, for people on the front lines, it is hard to fathom. Um, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of people who have actually had personal experiences taking care of people are, are concerned about the safety of the vaccine and feel like it's not been around long enough for us to be confident about the side effects. I think as you move away from actually taking care of, of sick people in the hospital, uh, it really becomes deceiving. The, the average person who gets COVID weathers it fine and gets over it, bad case of the flu, maybe even as mild as a mild cold. Uh, the problem is there are so few people who have natural immunity to it, that among the, the uh, millions who have gotten sick, there have been a sizable number of people who wound up in the hospital and dying. It doesn't look like a large number if you're out in the community, but if you add up the hospital statistics, it's staggering. All right. Well, BJC Healthcare kind of leading the way in this, but uh, more and more places are popping up doing the same mandate, the mandate that folks working there, they want to keep their job. They need to get vaccinated. And uh, we'll be keeping track of how's this, how this goes for you. Best of luck to you both. Once again, Jackie Tischler is the chief people officer at BJC Healthcare. Dr. Clay Dunnigan, the chief medical officer. Thank you both for joining us tonight on KMOX. Thanks very much. Pleasure being here. And it's 917. Dependable. Traffic and weather together on the 10s. Weekday mornings on The Voice of St. Louis. KMOX. And we're back. KMOX at your service. I'm George Sells sitting in on a Monday night. And there was a lawsuit filed today, filed by St. Louis City and St. Louis County working together, filing a suit against the state of Missouri. The issue, the state of Missouri thinks that they can make it illegal for police officers to enforce federal laws. Now, they've already gotten guidance, the state has, from Folks like, say, the U.S. Justice Department that know you can't do this, but they're going forward anyway. And I'm joined now by Nick Dunn. He's a spokesman for City Mayor Tashara Jones. Nick, thanks for joining us on KMOX. Absolutely. Thanks you. Thank you for having me today. So give me the basics here, because there are a lot of people obviously concerned with Second Amendment rights around the state. But this one, in the eyes of a lot of different people, including some folks you might not normally associate uh, yeah, being in strange bedfellows, I guess, who feel they're going too far. And I know you're, though the city's one of those. Absolutely. So St. Louis City and County joined together in this lawsuit today um, against the state of Missouri uh, because this bill doesn't make any of us safer. It does not support our law enforcement. It does not uh, support the citizens of St. Louis who want their streets to be you know, free of violence. What keeps you up at night about this? What are the things that when you start playing scenarios out in your head that take you to the point of filing suit like this? What, what are those things? 
It's it's just the safety of our communities. You know, we, uh, we have seen an unprecedented level of gun violence over the past year, and we are trying to enact new creative ideas that are going to make our community safer and give our police officers the resources that they need to combat violent crime. But that can only go so far when our officers are penalized for enforcing federal gun laws that actually do keep our community safe. What are you hearing from officers on the street? I'm sure you guys are having some contact with them. What are you hearing from them? Absolutely. They just they they want to be able to enforce these, you know, these federal gun laws. They want to be able to track down the people who commit violent acts, you know, uh, using using guns um, and to take to get these people off the streets. And, you know, having their hands tied like this is ultimately, you know, a, a hindrance, a hindrance on the job that they were trained to do in the first place. And uh, nothing illustrates that better than what happened uh, over in O'Fallon in St. Charles County, where the police chief has resigned his position because he is concerned about the position that it puts his officers in. He is worried that under this law, an officer could do something that falls in line with a federal gun law, something, for example, confiscating a gun in a drug arrest and not giving it back. And this law that is has been signed by Governor Parson would allow for that officer to be sued by the perpetrator for violating his Second Amendment gun rights. Does that right. not sound a little bit ridiculous to you? It, 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 I mean, it, it does sound ridiculous. And, you know, I can't say that I blame the, the Fallon police chief for taking the steps that he did, uh, because, you know, our officers are trained uh, in, you know, to handle violent crime and to handle these situations and to have uh, your hands tied um, in a way like this. Like, if you're not able to do your job, then, you know, what's, you know, what's the point? And so the reason that the city and county are, are suing is to ensure that our officers who are trained to respond to violent crime uh, can actually do that and enforce the laws that will keep our entire community safe. Of course, St. Louis is a big city. There are some folks mm-hmm. who probably support this uh what do you say to the person that is concerned about his or her second amendment rights and is worried that the federal government is going to try to continue you know to whittle away at those rights because there are a lot of people out there a lot of people listening to us tonight who feel that way what do you say to those folks Absolutely. If you are a law-abiding citizen, you know, we there, there's nothing wrong with owning a gun and knowing how to use it and using proper uh, firearm safety. But in the state of Missouri, a lot of those regulations that keep us safe are being taken away. And this is a huge step even further away from uh, regulations and laws that will actually keep us safe. This doesn't affect, you know, the law-abiding gun owner. This affects the communities that are plagued by gun violence. Uh, from people who use illegal guns uh, to, uh, you know, to commit retaliatory acts of violence. And so by uh, removing this law, it only makes makes things more dangerous for us. If we want to see a reduction in gun violence in the city of St. Louis and in St. Louis County, we have to be able to enforce gun laws uh, against the people who are using them illegally and to harm others. So the suit's filed today. What's next? Uh, We'll see. We'll see. I guess that's where it all comes from. But the uh, lawsuit has been filed today by the city of St. Louis. Once again, the new law that has been passed in Jefferson City, you probably heard about it. And basically, it is state lawmakers 
trying to make a statement to the federal government. The federal government has already said to them, this is a basic thing that federal law supersedes state law. So it's certain to end up in court. And now uh, St. Louis City and St. Louis County making that happen a little more quickly. Nick Dunn from Mayor Jones' office. We appreciate you taking the time this morning, this af- this evening. What time is it anyway? <laughs> Thank you for taking the time this evening, Nick. We appreciate you joining us on KMOX. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. And, of course, if you caught the news at the top of the hour, this conversation coming with a backdrop of three more people shot to death tonight in North St. Louis and three others injured. KMOX News Time, 928. It's Cardinals baseball Tuesday night as they take on the Tigers in Detroit. You can hear it here. Ammon pregame show 515. First pitch 610 on your voice at the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Nine thirty-four in downtown St. Louis. I'm George Sells. KMOX at your service. Here with you until 11 o'clock, sorting through various and sundry items from the day's news. And one thing we've been hearing about for some time now has been, as we come out of the COVID-19 situation, the shortage of workers, particularly in places like restaurants. And you're hearing it in some other spots now. For example, today, American Airlines announced they're going to be laying people off, like 1% of their workforce, because they can't right now, they can't, excuse me, not workforce, backtrack, 1% of the flights being canceled because they don't have enough people to fill the positions to keep the flights in the air. So an airline canceling flights over this, and at restaurants, and the example I'll give you was one of my own walking into uh, Billy G's in downtown Kirkwood uh, over the weekend, and they had a sign up saying, if you see an empty table and you're waiting for a place to sit, Please bear with us because we don't have enough people to wait on all the tables. And this is something that's going on at seemingly every restaurant in town. Joined now by Matt Fazio from Billy G's. And Matt, thanks for joining us tonight. Yes, thank you. Matt, tell me what's going on. This has got to be a a frustrating situation for you to be in when you've got a line of people sitting in in the lobby and outside and you can't seat empty tables. Yes, it is. I mean, this is obviously something I've never seen or experienced. Um, I've always had staff to take care of everybody and fill the place up. And right now it's just, it's heartbreaking, man. It's really, it's really tough. I mean, we're doing what we can just like any other business and to see people waiting for as long as they're waiting, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. So you're in charge of doing the hiring. Uh, are you just not getting any calls? Or are you just not getting enough? What are you What are you What are you finding as far as the workforce that is available out there? Well, I mean, we're getting right now. We're starting to fill the front of house um, a little better, um, a little quicker. Um, right now, we're looking for back of the house, um, and that seems to be the hardest spot to fill right now. Um, but I mean, we're getting a few more now than we were before. We were getting none um, in the beginning of the year when we normally get an overabundance of applications. And what this has got to be a lot of the work. When you, uh, back of the house, I assume you're referring to cooks, that, dishwashers, that sort of thing. Uh, this is yes. got to be running those folks ragged right now who you do have there. Yes, it is. It really has been tough. Um, that's why, I mean, it's, 
it's okay to be short staff in the front because, I mean, I can't see the whole restaurant anyway. I mean, we always have one, two dining rooms, sometimes three shut down at any given day, any given shift, just because of the kitchen staff. I mean, we already, they're working long hours, and we're doing the best we can to lighten it, lighten the load for them. So what do you do? Uh, what 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 do you think the answer is here? Are you, are you, are you trying anything different? Uh, have you been talking to some of your cohorts in the restaurant industry? I know that uh, you guys have a number of restaurants uh, in the group. Uh, is there anything that you can come up, you know, try to drum up business, so to speak? I mean, as far as getting people in? Or getting, um, I mean, getting, we, getting workers in, I'm sorry. Trying to drum up, you know, try, yeah, trying I mean, to drum up recruits. Yeah, we're we're doing, I mean, we are working hard at it every day. I mean, we do put ads out. Uh, we use so, so, uh, all the social media that we can. Um, and it's just a word of mouth when we when we talk to people on the streets or out, you know, out in, and they're saying, well, we're looking for work. And I'm like, well, we're hiring. We have six, seven restaurants that are hiring um, that we all need help. And it's not just the restaurants, but it's, it's, it's everybody. And we're doing, I mean, we pay, we pay good. Uh, the hours are not bad. I mean, it's restaurant business is tough, but it's, it's it's if we can get a good crew in there and a, enough guys, then it's it's not so bad. What are you hearing as far as the why to all this? So yeah, we've heard talk that you know, there've been a lot of people saying that the uh, uh, unemployment benefits outweighing uh, what you would make in in a job, but that may not really apply in Missouri so much as some other states. What are you hearing talking amongst people like you who are trying to hire folks as to the why? Um, I mean, that's a tough one. It's, it could be many things. Um, I mean, I've heard that a lot of people have left the industry um, and they have moved on to um, different fields. Um, they've been in restaurants for so many years um, and they're just, they wanted to try something different. There was a lot of places that, were open when restaurants weren't. Um, so it gave them an opportunity to, 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 to do something different, to try something different that they may have never done before. Um, and I mean, it's, you could, you could sit here and say it was the unemployment. You can sit and say it was uh, the restaurant industry has had a bad rap. Um, you could go, you can go on and on and on. Um, it could be many things. Um, right now, I'm just trying to tell people that the restaurant industry is still fun. You can still make good money. The hours are not bad. Um, I mean, we have a great group of guys there, and I it, just like all the other restaurants. It is we're, it's it's a tough one though to kind of pinpoint what the problems could be, uh, you know. And I don't really go into that too much, <laughs> right? Um, but because I mean, that's a tough decision. That's a tough thing. You could say the unemployment. We're paying people to sit at home. Um, you could say, uh, like I said, it's it's it could just be the business. Um, but, I mean, I don't really know exactly what it was. I mean, I haven't talked to too many people that have given me one way, one reason or another. But what we do know is it's unprecedented. Yes. <laughs> and I've, the 30-plus years I've done this, I've never, never seen this. Never seen this. All right. Matt Fazio from Billy G's. And, yes, if you're wondering, Billy G's is hiring. If, you're, if you know how to cook, give them a call. A lot of restaurants that are in desperate need of workers. Matt, we thank you for joining us tonight on KMOX. All right. Thank you so much, sir. All righty. It is 941 in downtown St. Louis. Nearly a century of informing, entertaining, and serving St. Louis. KMOX. 
945 on KMOX. The Supreme Court is in session. Lots of rulings coming down in recent days. And one today crossing over with the sports world. If you're a college football, college basketball fan, college baseball in many places, you've heard all the debates before about whether or not the players should be paid. They're getting a college scholarship, room and board. Meanwhile, the universities and the conferences they're associated with are making, no exaggeration, billions of dollars. And the Supreme Court today may have popped that one down a notch. They definitely gave a a tongue lashing via their decision to the NCAA. Kevin Wheeler, our man who preceded us this early this evening and who's on every night doing sports, joining us now. Kevin, thank you for coming back on. Good to talk to you, George. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I appreciate you working overtime. And a big part of the reason I <laughs> wanted to— It's just sports, man. <laughs> yeah, right? And the big part of the reason I wanted to grab you is because you have— I know you were talking about this earlier on your show, but you have the perspective kind of of both having been a student-athlete playing college baseball at a big-time university. How do you think the players are reacting to this tonight? I'm sure the current ones are like, when when can I start uh, talking to my agent? <laughs> when can I start fielding offers for you know the my, the, my, the the number of places I can get, or number of times I can get Instagram hits, or whether or not I can sign that card deal with a local dealership? I mean, I, I think they're thinking, great, this is awesome. When do I benefit from it? <laughs> At least right? that's what I would have been thinking back then. Absolutely, and it's interesting, uh, particularly. Uh, the, the one opinion by Justice Kavanaugh, which was probably the most uh, fiery of them, uh, basically saying this would be illegal in any other business. What do you think this is finally getting through to the folks at NCAA headquarters, some of the conferences, the, even the university presidents? presidents? It, this has got to be finally knocking them in the head, don't you think? I would think so. I mean, you know, this is the the highest court in the land essentially saying the way that you've done business for decades is wrong, right? They didn't really they didn't really hold back any punches, did they? I mean, they were very clear. That quote you read was was flat out the the number one to me the number one quote from the from from all of what I read, which was this would be illegal in most industries. And I understand that there are you know antitrust exemptions in sports. There certainly is one in Major League Baseball. But those are also areas where the employees, the people that are the product, get paid. So it's a little bit different. And they get paid in a free market way, by the way, with free agency and things along those lines. And I wonder if if this ruling and what will follow, right? Because this ruling itself doesn't say now athletes get paid. It just opens the door for those actions to take place. And, of course, we got, what, I think 19, 20 states now that have name, image, and licensing laws that mean that they can't restrict athletes from accepting essentially endorsements for who they are and the work that they've done. Uh, but, you know, this is similar to me uh, to what happened in professional sports, starting with Major League Baseball, when Kurt Flood and others challenged the reserve clause. And, you know, it, it opened a door. It didn't immediately grant free agency. It didn't immediately lead to, you know, tens of millions of dollars. But it opened that door so that what essentially would happen, George, is that you know, it would operate like most other industries, which is it's a free market, right? I mean, we live in a country that that embraces the free market. But so so how can we automatically restrict that in the college business? Because it is a business, right? You mentioned it. This is this is a six, seven, eight billion dollar a year business, and it's only growing. You know, they're gonna they're gonna expand the college football playoffs here in a couple of years. 
that's going to lead to billions more per year eventually. I mean, this is, you know, it's the and natural growing. progression. And, yeah. it's, and it's growing. I, I can tell you that yeah. uh, my, my first job out of college was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. At the time, Tiger Stadium at LSU <laughs> held 80,000, and they have expanded the place twice since I left. Up over a hundred thousand. They're I mean, they're they're building new wings on those stadiums as fast yes. as they can add them. And you, I'll tell you what: you sit in a stadium like Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge, like uh, Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, like Kyle Field in College Station, like Michigan Stadium in in Ann Arbor, and you look at the hundred plus thousand people and know every single one of them shelled out probably in the neighborhood of a hundred bucks for the ticket, and that's before they bought a hot dog or parked their car. Yep. And the product to the people putting it out there is free, yeah. which has always been pretty ridiculous in my eyes. But and the next question I want to ask you is, where do you think we go from here? Because really, the, the, this decision, while groundbreaking, is somewhat narrow. Really, all right, they're talking right. about is, well, now that they can you know, have a, a laptop provided to them or the right. opportunity to study abroad. But I've got to think between... What this opens up and also the fact that with those laws you were talking about with the image licensing, right. that I mean, I've got to think schools and states that have that law are now using that as a recruiting tool against schools and states that don't. They will. And that's what a lot of people around the NCAA are, are trying to work with. Right. I mean, the NCAA wants that wants Congress to handle this. They want to have a federal law covering name, image and license so that it's the same in every state. Uh, that's kind of, because you're right. You you don't want to have. I, I think this is true. You want to have an open, a free market, but you don't want to have it be more free in Missouri than it is in Illinois, or more free in Alabama than it is in Texas, or whatever. I mean, uh, and even then, if it goes that way, great. I mean, ultimately, this should be about the freedom of an individual person to maximize their earning potential, right? I mean, and and, and it's definitely going in that direction. And I know it's going to be a hard thing to figure out like paying them a salary is not it's probably not going to happen let's be honest I mean um, you've got title nine the title nine laws that you have to work with there so if you're going to pay football players and basketball players you have to pay everybody else uh, men's and women's sports alike and that's going to be a challenge if it's as simple as um, you know this school can as a part of the recruiting can offer you more benefits related to school right like you said you know laptop uh, they can you can better dorms, whatever it happens to be. Uh, that's a different thing, and then you can kind of market yourself in that way. You can you can handle your recruiting in that way. Um, and if, and if, you know if they could figure it out, I think they could. By the way, George, I think they could figure out a way to pay every athlete. Uh, it would it would definitely be a hard thing to do, but maybe we take some of it out of the coaches' salaries. And I don't mean like I don't mean like you know the track coach who doesn't make a lot of money. I'm talking about. The football coach that makes five, six, seven, eight, nine million dollars a year. Um, you know, there, there, there would be. I mean, it would be very complicated, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I, I also think it's important, George, to push back on this idea that they're already being paid. Right? Like a scholarship is is like payment because it's not. It does not cost the university forty five million, forty five thousand dollars a year for a football player to go there. It does not. It costs them the food. It's food cost utilities, things along those lines. The buildings already exist. The classrooms already exist. The professors are already on the faculty. They don't have to hire more for the athletes. I mean, these are campuses that have tens of thousands of students on them. And the, these 
all of these things would exist if you didn't have those 100 football players. I mean, think about, you know, you take all the athletes on a campus. It's a few hundred people out of 20,000 or 25,000. The school's going to exist without them, even if they're not there. So let's not act like they have to build all of this stuff for them. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not, it's not, it's, you're not getting $40,000. You're getting a hand, you're probably getting $5,000 in terms of what, the, what it actually costs for that person to attend school. And then what they do, their work actually brings in millions of dollars for the school. I mean, it's just a, it's a weird thing to me. I mean, how, how do you, you know, when you think of it that way, George, uh, how do you account for, you know, academic scholars? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my daughter got an academic scholarship to go to college. Um, you know, that that didn't cost the school thirty thousand dollars a year to do that. It's just less that they take in. And it's why they raise the cost on other students. And I'll ask you one last thing. We got about a minute to go here. Sure. Do you think we know it's the, the right thing? I think we agree that the, it's the right thing that they get paid. But if you start having the hotshot quarterback or the hotshot wide receiver and the hotshot linebacker making significant money and that that sort of differentiation between them and the students that are in school with mm-hmm. exists is the game better the game's going to be the same it's just it's just more like the real world i mean why don't we start preparing everybody for the real world people who have a valuable skill set make more money than those that don't <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there it's, you go. It's, just, it's just the real world right <laughs> exactly. there's no point in shielding anybody from that Absolutely. Well, Kevin Wheeler, thank you very much again for staying on late. I think you should uh, hit up the folks here at KMOX for some overtime pay tonight. And I'm I'll, ask, sure I'll ask Steve Moore if I can get another scholarship. <laughs> Perfect. Kevin, thank you so much. You got it. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch as we move forward. College athletics, there's a lot of money in it. We see who's going to be getting maybe a little bit bigger piece of the pie. It is 9.55 on KMOX. One more hour to go. I'm George Sells. We'll be right back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.